You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation, and Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews, we're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now. The latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back. Today it starts, everybody. It is the startup training camp. Rookies report in Henderson for the Raiders. And we are here to talk about that. We're here to talk about training camp. The veterans report in five days. You are with Mo Moten. He is the national senior NFL writer over at Bleacher Report, also Raiders columnist at sportsnot.com. I am Scott Goldbranson, your co-host. You can follow Mo on Twitter if you dare. If you can handle all the food takes, some of them might upset you, especially you cheesecake lovers. Uh, at Mo Moton, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at LV Gully, the show, S-N-B, today. So there you go. We're back. We're talking about camp. Okay, Mo, we start talking about questions rolling in the camp. The Raiders, who, as I'm looking now at the graphic that I typed, on YouTube, if you're watching us on YouTube, I spelled Raiders wrong in the first sentence. Yeah, of course. The Radiers. The Radiers. But anyway, the biggest Raiders questions in camp. We're going to talk about those now because, well, there's a lot of them heading into camp for this team. We've been talking about it for months now uh, leading up to it because we knew what there. We saw what the Raiders did in the draft. They addressed some of those issues. We don't know. Tyree Wilson, the injury, we don't know how that'll pan out. We think he'll be fine over time but we certainly don't know what it's going to be like at the beginning of the season. When you look at this, I want to get to you. Let's start with what is the biggest question heading into camp for in your mind? I have mine and I'll get to that in a second, but I want to start with you, Mo. When you see this team rolling in there uh, and they start working out and getting on that hot desert field, it was 117 in Vegas yesterday. Um, what do you feel is the biggest question for this team heading in? How does Jimmy G look when he gets on the practice field? Because if he's gimpy still, do the Raiders go out and sign a veteran quarterback or they, do they trust Brian Hoyer or eventually Aiden Connell enough to take over if Jimmy G isn't healthy to start the season or if they feel like he can't finish the season? Now, a lot of people are going to say Josh Jacobs, Josh Jacobs, Josh Jacobs, and I get that. But I think the Josh Jacobs deadline for me is one week before week one. So that's around September 3rd because the Raiders' first game, the season open against Denver is September 10th. So as Vic Tafer of the Athletics said, we're not going to see Josh Jacobs for a while. So let's put Josh Jacobs out of our minds for a second and just deal with the players who are active and who are going to be present at training camp. And to me, it starts and ends with Jimmy G because if Jimmy G gets to camp and he's still not 100%, fans are going to get a little bit nervous because you know why? That means Brian Hoyer has a chance to start the season under center and you, 
you don't want to roll into the season with Brian Hoy. That's not a way to get fans excited for the 2023 <laughs> season. It's just not because we all know Aiden O'Connell is probably not going to be ready unless he pulls something like a Derek Carr where he took over the starting, will prove that he was worth starting over a veteran, Matt Schaub. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think Aiden Connell will be that. Maybe he surprises me. Uh, a lot of fans are still yelling Chase Garbers. I could see people are probably in the chat right now. What about Chase Garbers? Chase Garbers is not going to start. Again, <laughs> and I will. And as I said on Twitter, I will eat a piece of cheesecake if Chase Garber starts one NFL game this season. Not in the XFL, not in the USFL, not in the Canadian Football League. One game, if he starts in the NFL, if he starts one game, I will eat cheesecake on the show. But it all starts and ends, as I said, with Jimmy G, because if he's good to go, then there's some optimism that maybe the Raiders can rattle off a 500 record and maybe sneak into the playoffs. But as I said, you're always worried about him in the middle of the season, finishing a year because of his injury track record. That's right. And and I agree with you there. In fact, I'm going to go a step further and say, really, that to me, the entire season hinges on whether Jimmy Garoppolo can be not only an effective quarterback, Mo, but stay healthy, right? So to me, and, and not only that, but if you look at this, and, I, and I've said it a couple of times that um, the GM and the coach, most like, most mostly Josh McDaniels is the coach, we agree that we think he'll get year three no matter what happens, right? But at the same time, I think that his entire career with the Raiders is going to hinge on Garoppolo and what he's able to do. And to me, that's a big deal. So because he's 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 banking on it, the franchise is banking on it. Again, they're not looking at Jimmy Garoppolo as their their franchise quarterback four or five years from now. We know that this is the, the case. But for the interim time and for the this this period to where they want to be back to being a playoff team, they need him. And if he doesn't do well, to me, and I know it's crazy because the defense has got got to get better and and it's not one player. We went through the last three years of the tumult with Derek Carr. Is he staying? Is he going? Is he staying? Is he going? Do I love him? Do I hate him? We went through all that jazz with the car wars. We understand that. And then you switch it out for a quarterback who you're uncertain about. So so for, for Raider Nation out there, I feel for them because I understand the skepticism. You and I have the same skepticism, mostly based on injury, not on talent. Uh, and then – that they've put all again it's the vaguest thing they've put all their chips in that corner on the glass man on jimmy g and so to me mo if this goes south even if the defense improves the only thing that could rescue them in that situation to me is if, if garoppolo doesn't stay healthy and can't get it going for this team is if aiden o'connell somehow is a diamond in the rough now I'm starting to change my view of him a little bit. I've been watching a little more film. I haven't even told you about this. I've been watching because I'm trying to give it because I was making fun of the Aiden O'Connell pick, to be to be frank with you. I actually think there's something there. Whether or not they can develop him is a different story. But to me, outside of him, if, if Jimmy G goes down and they turn to the kid because it's late in the season or it's past the midway and they're pretty much out of contention and he lights it up, great. If he doesn't, Boy, it could be a really rough back half of the season or whenever Garoppolo, if he does go down, and we hope he doesn't, we want him to stay healthy. Um, it's just going to be a really sensitive piece, Mo. And it's sort of like you're, 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 you're skating on ice and you just hope there's nothing thin ahead as you start to make your turn. Here's my thing. I'll, I'll, I want to piggyback off your point about Aiden O'Connell. Yeah. Right. I, I, 
The Aiden O'Connell pick bothers me because I feel like Joshua Daniels is still living in the early 2000s where <laughs> the pocket passing quarterback was the thing to, to draft. And to me, he has to his 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 idea of the ideal quarterback has to evolve with the times. Now your teams are drafting court, prefer to draft quarterbacks who can move in the pocket. That's the weakest area of Aiden O'Connell's game is that he can't really move in the pocket. So he's at the mercy of his offensive line virtually every game. If his offensive line isn't good, he's going to struggle, especially as a young quarterback. But what I say about Jimmy G going to him, and he also needs an offensive line because he's not the most mobile. Now he can bootleg out and he has some mobility there, but he's not gonna he's not gonna take off, he's not gonna outrun any defenders. And and with his injury history, you worry about that. But what I will say is aside from his injury history, I, I do think Jimmy G is a middling quarterback. Mm -hmm. Aside from my concerns about can he stay healthy, I just didn't see enough from him in San Francisco. And I've watched a lot of 49er games because they're on TV a whole lot because they're a, play they're a perennial playoff contender. You just don't see a lot from Jimmy G. He's there to, to manage the offense, manage. Make, right. make the right throws, not turn the ball over, and make sure he doesn't put his team in bad situations. But if you're down 21-0, if you're down 17-0, Jimmy G is not the guy that's going to bring you back from a deep deficit. Right. So the Raiders right. have to avoid, with especially with their defense, they have to avoid falling behind early because Jimmy G, as we've said, is not going to sling the ball over the football field and bring you back. And that's why that was my one argument of why you need a Josh Jacobs to kind of keep the opposing team's offense off the field if they're rolling because the defense hasn't been hasn't proved to be able to do that in recent years for the Raiders. Right, and Mo, this is why I say this bet is everything for Josh McDaniel. Everything. I mean, including the Jimmy, the Jimmy G bet is everything because you hit on something so vital there, which is quarterbacks today being able to be mobile in the pocket. Jimmy G is not that. Aiden O'Connell, even though I'm starting to like his skill set, he's a slinger, by the way. He can throw the ball. But to your mm -hmm. point, not a guy who's going – he's not Josh Allen. He's not going to run around the pocket like Josh Allen – or even Justin Herbert in L.A. He's not gonna. He, he's not as 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 mobile as those guys. Even and I'm not saying that they light the world up. They're not. It's not like they're Lamar Jackson. But at the same time, if you look at that, this becomes then. And for those of you who want Josh McDaniels fired, you're gonna love what I say here, which is, if 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 this goes south, then it's an indictment on not only McDaniels as a coach, but also his system. Because if if he's gonna get a quarterback to run that system. And that quarterback can't be successful, can't stay healthy, or you drafted the wrong kind of player, or that system just doesn't work like it used to, then why are you there, right? Why are you there? Why are you running that offense if it's if it's from 20 years ago and it no longer is effective as it was in the NFL? You don't have Tom Brady, and it's not 2010. So if that's the case, then, you, then you'd have to blow it up. I mean, I don't know that he would make a year three if this really, really goes south, meaning that he blows leads again, the system shows its, its faults, and then you don't have the right players there. Because, listen, you're going to be in the same position you were this year. Now, Mo, I would say this. If the Raiders went all in and were able to get C.J. Stroud or they were able to move up and get Bryce Young, whoever their guy might have been, then we're having a different conversation. They have that quarterback. But right now, and, and, and for my, my Catholic brothers, fellow Catholic brothers and sisters out there, you'll get this. You're in purgatory. You mentioned it a couple of shows ago. You're in purgatory right now. You're kind of rebuilding, but you're not terrible, okay, at least heading into the season. So you're, you're in that no man's land of, uh, okay, yeah, we'll have some success, but not enough to, to win a championship. 
And then you got to get a quarterback. So what are you going to do? We posted the poll about would you trade Devontae Adams, uh, Max Crosby, or both? And a lot of people got angry at me for posting that. But it's a legitimate <laughs> question because if, if this season goes south, you got to get a quarterback, man. And yes, you can say, well, you don't trade a defensive end in the prime of his career. Max Crosby's beloved, all that kind of stuff. I get that. I'm not saying they should. I'm saying you might have to consider it. And you brought up a good point about when John Gruden got with the Raiders. He did exact, the exact same thing. When John right. Gruden walked in the door, if I told fans, hey, John Gruden's going to come back and he's going <laughs> to trade Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper, fans would have lost their you-know-what yes. hearing that and, before he walked yeah. in the door. But that's exactly yeah. what happened. And when you have a regime that comes in and they inherit players, not to say they don't understand that Max Crosby and Devontae Adams Oh, Max Crosby is great. They didn't inherit Devontae Adams. They actually traded for him when they got there. But when a regime understands that they're not close to competing for a playoff spot, mm -hmm. drastic measures. I, right. I Again, I, I'm not saying trade Max Crosby and trade Devontae Adams. But what I am saying is that if Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper, Cooper could be traded within months of each other, it could happen again if this regime – face plants under Josh McDaniels and he has to come up with a plan to completely rebuild this roster. Again, I wouldn't recommend it, No, but I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't yes. be surprised if you start to hear trade chatter if the Raiders win three, go, go, let's say they go five and 12, but they can't get the quarterback that they want in next year's draft. Correct. And, and people have to remember too, by the way, we had about 1300 votes. And, and for those of you who said, why the hell are people even voting on this? I thought that was the funniest response. There were, wow. yeah, there, there were, there were a lot of people who just said no, and I respect that. Why didn't you give us an option? No, that was the point. You have no. The option is: do you trade one, <laughs> trade the other, or trade both? It's a hard decision. I get it, but and of course, the Devonte Adams was the highest uh, number. I think it was seventy-seven percent. Then the the next percentage was actually trade both, and then no, you know, the, the Max Crosby on his home was like three percent. Right? Nobody wants to trade Max Crosby. Wait, wait, that's that. shocking to me. So more people said they would trade Devontae Adams, correct? Than Max Crosby. Yeah, I guess. Fact, I guess. It's, I, I guess it's. I'll say this. I guess it's because one, Max Crosby's younger, and Devontae Ad one, and Devontae Adams has already come out and kind of criticized the front office, so he's yeah. more likely to be moved than yeah. a Max Crosby because Devontae Adams probably wants to win the Super Bowl before he retires. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, so the question was, if the Raiders could get the number one overall pick in the draft for a quarterback in 2024 draft, would you do the following? Would you do the following? Trade Max Crosby only 4%. Trade Devontae Adams 77%. Wow. So between That's the two, between the two, Raider fans have obviously spoken. And, and it's also understandable, though, because Max Crosby's homegrown talent, draft pick, the whole thing, right. nothing against Devontae Adams, of course. Um, and then possibly trade was almost at 19%. So, and I heard from people too who said, listen, I love both those guys and I, I don't want them to be traded, but if we go out and win two or three games, there's no way we're going to be a Super Bowl team by the time Devontae Adams gets towards the end of his contract. Mm -hmm. uh, and Max Crosby, I'd like to see him go somewhere else where he could win because he deserves it because he's such a hell of a guy. So you understand that. I, again, I'm not advocating for it either. I'm just saying 
that that's why to me this year, it all hinges on Jimmy G and Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler's plan. If that doesn't come together, that's my biggest question going into camp. And you mentioned it is, does he get on the field and is he limpy or gimpy? Um, and to me, that's what I know. It's I know the defense has got to get better. There's all these other question marks, and we're going to get to those here. But to me, that's the crux of it all is if Jimmy G can't be a consistent bridge quarterback, this franchise is in big, big trouble. Okay. Go. You got something else to close on? Yeah. Just to give a quick background on this before Scott fell on the sword and, and put the poll out, I was the one who posed the question to Scott off air. I said, if the Raiders wanted to get their quarterback of choice, would fans be willing to give up either Devontae Adams or Max Crosby to get the quarterback, to get their franchise quarterback in next year's draft? That's yes. that's how I posed it to Scott. Again, I'm not yes. saying the Raiders should trade one of their two best players. But what yes. I'm saying is if you can get the quarterback of your future and it looks like he's going to be a promising transcendent talent, would you give up Max Crosby or Devontae Adams to get that quarterback? Yes, I think that's a, lot a fair of people, question. And a lot of people, by the way, and a lot of people, um, and I appreciate you talking about that, Mo, because a lot of people called me an idiot for posing the question. So now they know we're both idiots. Um, no. <laughs> I, I, I think really quick, though, I think when you put a Twitter poll up, or when you put a tweet out, people just read the tweet and they react to it. But they a lot <laughs> is lost in context of, of when is. something is said or tweeted that once you hear the reasoning behind it, then it's more understandable and digestible for people. We're seeing. It yes. And a lot of people, that's clickbait, it's clickbait. No, it's a poll. It's not clickbait. Clickbait is when you see a headline that says, you know, your mother's a queen. And you're like, what? And you click on it and then you get there and it's an ad for a, 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 a trailer park or something, right? So so that's clickbait. Oh Just so for those gosh. of you who need to know what clickbait is. Otherwise, if, if you think it's a stupid poll, you could certainly tell me that. And a lot of you did. <laughs> Again, I don't mind. Now, the, the people who lose their crap over it, I don't understand why you would you would get so upset over a poll even if you think it's stupid like i see stupid stuff i just go past it i don't respond to it but anyway but we had a lot of great responses too and a lot of great discussion all right mo let's get to your second question for camp what's the second biggest question you have heading into uh, camp today in las vegas slash henderson what are the raiders going to do about the cornerback position for a while we've been hearing that marcus peters seems like the raiders are going to sign him Hasn't happened yet as of, what is this, Thursday. Thursday, yeah. Uh, the Raiders yeah. still have a pretty young secondary. They're rolling with Nate Hobbs, Amik Robertson, David Long Jr., Duke Shelley, Jacorian Bennett. That that group is, again, relatively young. Some of those guys very inexperienced. Does Marcus Peters join at some point? Because if he doesn't, that means the Raiders are banking on one of the young guys to step up along with Nate Hobbs, take on a, a primary role in the secondary. And that's going to be key because you're in a division now with teams that have pretty good wide receiver corps or a top-tier quarterback. Patrick Mahomes of Kansas City. I know they don't have Tyree Kill anymore, but he put up big numbers without Tyree Kill last year. The Chargers, they got Mike Williams and Keenan Allen still there. They drafted Quentin Je Johnston in the first round, another wide receiver. The Denver Broncos have a packed wide receiver group. Patrick, uh, Tim Patrick is coming back. Jerry Judy's still there. Cortland Sutton. So the Raiders, if their defense, if they can't get to the quarterback on the front end, they're going to have to be able to stop people in the back end, and I'm curious as to what they do with the cornerback position if Marcus Peters doesn't join them at training camp at some point. Yes, and I did have a little birdie. I won't call them a source because I haven't verified that said that Marcus Peters will sign with the Raiders 
uh, as camp begins. We'll see if that comes true. I have not verified that, so you want to classify it as a rumor or something. But they have five days from today before veterans have to report. And even then, Marcus Peters, yeah, new team. The chances that he gets through a full camp anyway are pretty slim. I would imagine he'll sign towards the beginning it and maybe show up after a week if, if he signs. Um, but, but to me that that's it. And that goes to my question. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking, maybe you're, you're at, you're at 10,000 feet. I'm looking maybe at 50,000 feet, but it's, <laughs> but it's the battles on the defense. That's a question mark for me. Who's going to win out inside. Who's going to win out there. And, and if Tyree Wilson, that's a question. It's part of the defense. I'm kind of grouping some stuff together here. Uh, but the defensive end position, I think Chandler Jones will bounce back. I said a couple weeks ago that I think Chandler Jones in, in the beginning of the season is going to be much more important than later when Tyree Wilson probably gets into playing shape, learns the defense, uh, and, and gets back to full health. And so to me, that's a big question. But the battles, Mo, on this defense, who's going to win inside? Who's going to win at that defensive end position? What are they going to do at linebacker, for Christ's sake? Uh, all that stuff, to me... There's so many questions on the defense that I'm going to be fascinated to see. And our friends that are cover the team on the ground, Vic and Vinny and all those guys, I'm going to be interested to see what trickles out of camp and Henderson. Our own David Stepanian, by the way, our correspondent, former producer, is going to be there at camp. So he's going to get us some stuff, which will be great. So he'll give us some insight as well. But to me, that's the big question mark is what is the defense going to do? Because I really believe – if this defense is as bad as it's been going through three or four weeks of the season, Patrick Graham could be gone pretty quickly. That's a question a lot of fans have asked me. If the Raiders face plant and they go, they win three or four games, it could Patrick Graham be used as a scapegoat? And I would say I wouldn't even use the term scapegoat. If the Raiders defense is, is poor, he's part of the problem. He's Absolutely. not the scapegoat. Correct. He's part of the problem. And a lot of people were questioning, was, was he going to be fired? Last year, and I believe it was Josh McDaniels had to step to the podium and basically say Patrick Graham's job is safe. When a when a coach does that, usually that means that there was some, you know, there's some talks about what we're gonna do with the defense because if it doesn't improve, we gotta make some changes. But definitely I think Patrick Graham is on the hot seat at the Raiders, specifically their defense, uh, you know, struggles with the guys that they have because now we've had two years now of drafting. I know they didn't have their first and second round pick last year. But, you know, they expected Neil Farrell Jr. to be a rotational player. We'll see what happens this year. I know he has some motivation. They drafted Matthew Butler. I know he didn't really show up on the field. But they drafted those guys expecting them to be at least depth of rotational players. If they don't even make the roster over some veterans that they added, it yeah. leads you to some question marks about, you know, how good of a defensive coordinator is Patrick Graham and how do players fit into his system. We'll see when it, as the camp rolls around as the season rolls around. Yeah, and those battles, and we'll, we'll obviously as camp begins uh, next week for veterans after a few days and they start uh, actually doing things, and then later when they put the pads on when it really matters, uh, we'll, we'll start to talk about that because it's going to be interesting to see how those battles play out, and then you have the coaching situation as well. Um, and then you look at other questions, Mo. Uh, what sticks out to you? I have a third one as well, and it's around a specific player I'll get to in a second, but I want to hear you you, you're talking about cornerback, what they're going to do there. We talked about Jimmy G. What about number three? What's the third biggest question for you heading into camp? Third biggest question for me, and I know fans are tired of hearing this, what happens with Hunter Renfro? Oh, that was mine too. So okay, I, mean, I, wavelength. I, I hate to – I'm not going to beat a dead horse, but we all know the deal. They draft yeah. Trey Tucker. They add Jacoby Myers, who plays in the slot. DeAndre Carter is on the roster as well. He plays in the slot. Is Hunter Renfro going to stay or go? 
Now we've had some emailers who come after me and said, I thought you said Hunter Renfro was going to be traded. I still believe that's <laughs> going to happen. It may not happen during the offseason, may happen before, right before week one, because as I said, in recent years around roster cuts, and now this year there's only one cut down day from 90 to 53. There have been mm-hmm. trades right before the right before week one of the season, right around roster cuts where teams are finalizing their rosters. I think that's a point we have to look at as far as could they move Hunter Renfro? Could a team then show interest in Hunter Renfro because they had an injury at the wide receiver position? If Hunter Renfro stays, how big is his role going to be? Is he going to be in, in the starting set for three wide receivers, or is he going to fade into the background behind Trey Tucker, behind DeAndre Carter or Jacoby Myers, while someone else starts on the outside? To me, that's a that's a big question because they did pay Hunter Renfro a new contract mm. last year. For him to be a backup this year, it's a big change. It's a big change, and it's so funny, too. So you guys know, like Mo and I will say, okay, we're going to talk about biggest questions, and we don't tell each other before we go on. That's why we can get a, a, a reaction. But obviously two of our three are exactly the same, which is good. I mean, cause that, that shows we're on the same plane here and not only that, but it, it's, it's, it's kind of evident by what the Raiders are going through, but yeah. the Hunter Renfro question will be interesting because yes, does he win out number one and, and keep that slot position with that competition and with those guys in there, especially as much as you guys all hate it. Yes. The Patriot connection is there. We all know it. It's real. And that obviously comes in with Jacoby Myers. So, so you look at that, and you say, will he be on the roster by the 10th? And to me, that's one of the biggest questions. And to see how he reacts to it as well, because they will get the players up at the podium. Uh, and we haven't heard from Hunter Renfro, right, since the end of the season. And so I know that there will be some questions. We'll get our own David Stepanian to ask the question about, hey, they brought in a lot of slot guys. What do you feel about that? Of course, you're not going to say, hey, do you think you're going to be traded? Some people may <laughs> ask that question. But there's other uh, diplomatic ways of getting to the same question. For those of you who think that reporters should just, you know, pretend like they're on Twitter and say things that are ridiculous sometimes. But no, you ask the question and we'll certainly get that. But to me, that's it. 3A for me, Mo, just to add a little bit of a wrinkle here, is how does that offensive line end up? How does the offensive line really position out? We, we talked about uh, J- Jermaine Illuminor, who looks like he's kind of built himself into that starting right tackle. But then at the guard positions, do they move anything around? Do we see a new center? Do we not see a new center? Obviously, with the deals, it, it points to no. But but I'm interested to see what happens there and who kind of uh, jumps up. Is there going to be a surprise there? Do they add another body in camp? It's going to be, to me, fascinating because, again, all of you have this idea that the Raiders' offensive line is terrible. And it started off rocky last year, but it got much, much better. You look at the numbers, they prove it out over the course of the season. And so, Mo, to me, that's going to be another fascinating story to watch to see how they do now going into year two as a unit, kind of at least somewhat settled. And then do they add some depth there uh, in case of injury because you usually need it in the NFL? This is how I think it pans out for the offensive line. I'm pretty confident in this personnel grouping. Mm -hmm. From left to right, Colton Miller, Dylan Parham, Andre James, Greg Van Roten, who they signed, Mm-hmm. recently and then Jermaine Illuminar. I think that's how it shakes out for the offensive line. I shout out to Alex Bars. I don't want to give him any more crap than I've given him on the show. <laughs> I just don't think he's a starter in the NFL. I think he's a he could be a pretty good backup. Yeah. But I think Greg Van Roten wins that position better at right guard. And I think that's the only position to me that's up for grabs because Andre James, I know there was whispers that Dylan Parham moved to center. Hasn't happened. Andre James mm-hmm. is still on the roster. It seems that those guys are set in their spots. Of course Colton Miller is set in his spot left tackle. 
Jermaine Illuminar, as you mentioned, played well as a starter in his first full year as a starter. So I think right guard is the only position to me that's the question mark. And I think Greg Van Roten wins that spot at training camp. Hey. And you want if, if for for those of you who know too a lot about offensive lines, you want that unit to be cohesive and to be consistent. Consistency. Jermaine Illuminar talked about his own play being consistent, but also the line, especially you have a quarterback coming in, a new quarterback. So you want that line to be solidified when he hits the field in week one. And so I think that I think the Van Routen point is well taken because you're adding a veteran. And he's very good up front. Okay, maybe he's not an all-pro, but at the same time, he's a veteran. He knows how to communicate really well. And so with a guy like Jimmy G, he's going to fit in really well with that line, I think. And so to me, the line gets better. Now, can they go out and address some depth? They have some there, to your point. Um, and and whether or not you like Alex Bars or not, he's there. Uh, <laughs> and uh, they have some other things, in, including um, um, some rookies and stuff that they'll bring in, undrafted guys. I think they have one or two. So so we'll see how it all pans out. But to me, those are the big question marks. What are your question marks, Raider Nation, about this team heading into camp for next week's mailbag show? Make sure you send in uh, your questions or your predictions, and that is mail at silverandblacktoday.com. That's mail at silverandblacktoday.com. If you want to tweet at us, you can. You can see our handles on the screens if you're watching. It's LV Gully for me. It's Mo Moton for Mo, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. The show is SNB Today. Also, drop comments or questions into the YouTube comments here, and we can pull them from there as well. Okay, we're going to hit our final break here. When we come back, uh, we're going to get to your questions for this week. Some good stuff in the mailbag that uh, I'm sure we'll enjoy here on Silver and Black today. He is Mo. I am Scott. This is Silver and Black today. We'll be right back.